This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back. This is... Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Botcher-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Americans have just less than a month to make IRA and Roth IRA contributions for the 2017 tax year. So today we're going to talk about why you need an individual retirement account, which account may be better for you, and we'll take any of your IRA questions. Also, as we do each Tuesday, any general personal finance questions that you have for us as well. The Phone number to call if you have a question is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you can't get near a phone, you can always email your question money at mpbonline.org. So Nancy has not made it into the studio yet this morning, but I'm here with Ryder. And good morning, Ryder. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. I see you've got the you've got the green microphone for for the past St. Patty's Day weekend, which was <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Always a great event in downtown Jackson. And I see Nancy walking up, and she's got a green scarf on. So still right. a little still a little leftovers from the St. Patty's Day holiday. I see. I had an exciting weekend. I bought a new microwave. Ooh. So and then uh, I was talking on the the food show yesterday, and I realized I probably had the previous microwave. I probably had owned for. I want to say maybe 15, 20 years. But, hey, if an appliance works, uh, why? Oh, absolutely, why, yeah. You know. So uh, I'm all excited because apparently it has a new way of, of heating, uh, reheating food. So I'm, I tested that out last night and nearly burned my hand, but I'm a learning. A new way of heating, reheating food. What is that? Well, no, I mean, I don't remember that my previous microwave, it was more like a time-based thing. But this is you just punch the reheat button, and it supposedly it senses, it senses the moisture the of the food. Yeah. Uh, amazing. It is. Amazing. It's, it's totally amazing. So Soon we won't have to think at all. It'll be great. As I said, though, it might be working a little bit too well as I nearly scalded my hand while I was trying to take the item out of the microwave. So, mm. But that was the other thing. I, I think the uh, the other one, I think, was on its last legs because it groaned a lot, and uh, I don't know that it was heating <laughs> stuff very well. So, uh, How about uh, financial news in the news? Well, it's kind of strange things going on, and uh, we, we're looking at consumer sentiment. We actually measure how people feel, and it's at a record high. But that's not being matched by some other things. So we've had three months in a row of declining consumer spending. Uh, we're starting to see people of all ages building cash. And then the other thing which we've talked about before is we're watching um, housing numbers. And um, I'm starting to read reports that this spring could be one of the slowest real estate springs that we've had in a long time. And uh, I'm certainly hearing that from some agents around me. So all of this is kind of a mixed bag. At the same time, our corporate profits look really good. Manufacturing numbers look really 
really good. Um, all of that bodes well, but this little odd things popping up. Uh, speaking of consumer spending, we mentioned it a little while ago, but we're in tax refund season, of course. But the the biggest week of tax, the biggest single week of tax refunds, I think is typically mid-February. So it's already past the week where they send out $60 billion so you of checks. We would see lots and, of spending. Yeah. Right. Everyone goes and buys and the their new car cut, that right? day. But but um, the, the, the new tax cut isn't really affecting people's what they're getting back now. Um, but it is changing their paychecks. Um, you know, we, we looked at it, and, and it looks like overall everyone should see basically a two and a half to three percent bump in your in your in your um, income. Uh, maybe they're all taking our advice and putting that into their four hundred one k. Well, we love I mean, when they say. I mean, yes. be, I mean, that would be great. Um, but but people should see a, a nice little nice little bump, but they're not spending it as quickly as we might have anticipated. I put mine in, in, in uh, I invested mine, so. Good. Fantas- Good. Fantastic. Yep. And, and you spend it on a microwave, so well, you're best, yes, best you of have. both worlds over here. Look at us. Actually, that was, uh, I was given a, a gift card for uh, hosting the Spelling Bee, which is why I was not on the air last Tuesday. Very nice. And so that's how I, I thought I would put it to good use and, and get a new uh, microwave. All the, the exciting, the Spelling Bee went by another year. I, I didn't miss a word, so I, what I was well, What was the hardest impressed. word for you? For you, not the students. Uh, to say or to, I mean, I don't, fortunately, I don't have to spell them. Right. Uh, I spend weeks before the spelling bee mm-hmm. going over the words, and a lot of times. you don't want to mess the kids up. Well, exactly. I don't want to be, he misspelled the, or he missaid the words of my kid lost. So uh, I, w- I do work very hard on that. And sometimes when I'm going through the list, I'll say the word properly. And then the next time I'm going through the list, I'll say the word wrong because <laughs> I have my own little phonetical spelling versions. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember one of my uh, one of my favorite words that we not did not get to this year is a uh, pickle halba. What is that? Uh, is pickle, uh, pickle halba that I mean, uh, World War One German helmet that has the little pointy thing at the top? Oh, oh. Yes. so how is that spelled? Well, see, like I said, I don't have to know. How <laughs> don't to spell. know. I had enough trouble learning how to say the word. Uh, also, Liz uh, reminded me, our producer, that uh, sukiyaki, the the Chinese food, is now mm. skiyaki. And so Ooh. it was interesting because uh, I, I said the word and the, and the girl was a little bit confused. So she asked for the definition. I think she understood. So we went back and forth. They would always ask me if I was if they were saying the word correctly. And I wasn't sure that I was allowed to say that. So I would just repeat the word. So in, a lot of times it would be like skiaki, 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 skiaki. And then finally she said, is it sukiaki? And I was kind of like, I can't say that. So I said skiaki. So finally she spelled it. And I believe that she spelled it correctly. But uh, a lot of times it's fun because like I say, I don't I'm I'm very I don't want to be the. I'm like a referee. I want to do my job and have nobody notice me because that's the way that it'll be successful. So nice. That's uh, really awesome. Done with another uh, uh, year from that. Hey, we're going to be talking about IRAs, individual retirement accounts this morning, as well as taking any personal finance questions that you have for us. The phone number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's dive into things by going to Corinth. John's on the line. Good morning, John. Go ahead, please. Hi. Um, so I was trying to take your advice for this um, tax season and invest in a Roth IRA, um, but I couldn't find um, one. Um, I like shopped around for a little bit, couldn't find a good one to um, a good company to go with. Do you have any um, suggestions on what company would be good? 
Uh, well, we are big fans of keeping your fees low, so look for something like something called a discount broker. Um, okay. So they typically have online-only interfaces, uh, something like Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade. Those are both very large, uh, very popular. They, they kind of have all the services you're going to need. And... Just so tdameritrade.com or schwab.com, they will have not only you know the obviously all online opening process, but they'll have a lot of extra information about how you can contribute, what your limits are, and also they can provide a little bit of guidance based on you know your age and a little risk tolerance uh, questionnaire, how much. Um, what you need to invest in. So they can give you a little bit of guidance there, and that's very useful for someone uh, just getting started. And understand that these are what we call supermarket brokerages. So if you go into a supermarket, you know, you just look at all the various brands on the shelf. And so these brokerage firms sell or offer um, uh, funds from different fund companies, with different brand names, and like many grocery stores, they often offer their own brand. Mm-hmm. So so you can pick and choose. Uh, one of the brands that we like a lot is Vanguard. So you could go through one of these brokerage, these supermarket brokerages, and have access to all kinds of brands. Or you can pick a particular brand like Vanguard and go directly to them and open an account there. Okay. All right. John, thanks for your call. Uh, we're talking about IRAs and taking general personal finance questions on Money Talks this morning. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 And that's a big question that I get when people are just getting started. They're just like, I say, you should get a Roth IRA. And they're like, great. Okay, how do I where, do that? Yeah. What does that mean? And so someone challenged me the other day to write a little kind of primer on how to do it. And so I believe it's on the Money Talks blog is is just kind of a little more detail about how you can do that yourself, how you approach that process yourself. So maybe a little bit of practical tips on the blog. All right, very good. I have another caller. It's uh, John's called in from Faraday this morning. Good morning, John. Go ahead. Hello, good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to tell everyone uh, that last year when I figured my income tax, I owed $600. Mm-hmm. But if I bought an IRA for $600, I would pay zero tax. Yes. So have my cake and eat it too. Isn't it great? <laughs> Some, yeah. um, I always tell people, John, to pay yourself versus paying Uncle Sam. And it makes good sense to do that. And so um, whether you can qualify and get a tax deduction depends on all your other income. So you can um, check with whoever's helping you with your taxes and you say to them, I'd like to do this. And of course, you have to also come up with the funds to do it. And and one thing as well with a, I believe this is only available for Roth IRAs and the form may be 8863. I could very well be wrong, but this is on the blog post as well. For some income levels, you can actually get not just the tax deduction, you can get a tax credit for putting money into a Roth IRA. This is typically for lower income levels, I think under 20000 But, you know, if you're working yeah, part time, exactly. you know, you College students, high school may students. be very well eligible for that. You can get up to up to half of what you put in. So say you put in $2,000 into a Roth IRA. You know, maybe you had some savings, maybe your parents helped you out, whatever. Uh, you can get 
a thousand dollar credit. So it, it, you know, pays for half of itself, just encouraging people to save. All right. John, thanks for your call this morning. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking today about IRAs, individual retirement accounts, but also looking for your personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 If you can't near, get near a telephone, you can email your question to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we're taking your questions about IRAs, individual retirement accounts, and any other personal finance question that you have. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can always email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. And as a little forward promotion, uh, we'll stay in tax mode on our next program in legal terms. They'll be taking your tax law question. So that's coming up uh, next hour here on MPB Think Radio. So uh, what would you say if someone came to you and said, well, why do I need an IRA? I have that 401k thing through my employer. Um, well, a, a couple of things. Firstly, you can always save more. Uh, but a 401k through your employer, you're going to have a limited set of options there, and it's going to be kind of chosen by your employer and whoever they go with to to hold the plan. Uh, and those options may or may not be very good. That, what I've seen over recent years is they have been getting a lot better. I think people are a little more aware of what's going on in their 401ks. They're asking a few more questions, and they're getting better service. But a 401k often just has the tax deferred side. So when you put money into a 401k, that reduces your taxable income. You save money on taxes immediately. Now, that money grows tax-free throughout your working life. And then when you withdraw it in retirement, then you pay taxes on it. You pay income tax on it. You pay your highest tax rate on it. So what a a personal IRA offers is if you go with the Roth IRA, then you put money in after tax. So you put money in, you know, after you get paid. So you don't get any sort of tax benefit for putting money in. 
but it grows tax-free all through your working life, and you never pay taxes on it again. You don't pay taxes when you withdraw it because you've already paid tax on that money once. So that gives you a little more flexibility. It gives you a different tax bucket to put things in. There's three kind of tax buckets. One is that deferred 401k where it's like you're living the good life now, but you're going to pay income tax on it later. There's just a regular account. We call them taxable accounts individual accounts, joint accounts, whatever. It's just like your bank account. You put money in, you take money out. There's no tax consequences for that, uh, but you pay taxes on interest and dividends you earn during the year. And then there's the Roth IRA, which is, I think it's the best deal going in tax avoidance because you put money in after you pay whatever your tax rate is, just the tax you were going to pay anyway, and then you never pay tax again, and it's the best thing ever. Any other thoughts? Uh, diversity is something we talk about a lot on the well, show. Well, I, I just think people need to understand it's not put money in your 401k or an IRA. You can do both depending mm-hmm. on your income. So we have certain income limits for singles versus a uh, mm-hmm. household with two people filing. And if you fit under those income limits, you have the option to do that. Um, as you may have noticed, um, Ryder is a huge fan of Roth IRA. Uh, 2018 is the year of the Roth IRA. Do you know how long I've been hearing that? Since January 1st. (laughs) Yeah, Um, since January 1st. But it's great, especially for younger people um, or if you don't make those income limits because you maybe are in a lower income tax bracket, so the tax deduction may not be as valuable to you as tax-free growth that you'll have later on. We have another caller to get to, and it is Michael in Hattiesburg. Good morning, Michael. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I had one question, but what y'all were just talking about brought up a second question. Uh, Does the Roth IRA IRA amount uh, count toward when the when you're 70 years old? The you know the amount you have to take out at 70 does it count toward the total that's considered? Nope. Okay. And then the second question is, uh, I'm planning on retiring next May. I will be 67. The following year, when I'm 68, would it be better? I've got good retirement from several sources, and Mm -hmm. so I may not even need the money from from my IRAs or 401ks, Mm -hmm. but would it be better to take out a certain amount at 68 and reinvest that in a, of course, it would be taxable with anything that came in, or should I wait to 70 and then I might, you know, I would be decreasing the amount uh, that, that, that I would have to be taken out at 70, I guess, because it'd be less in there. Mm-hmm. So this that, that sort of question is exactly the sort of question we've been answering for a lot of clients lately, is when you retire, so presumably you're stepping down to maybe a lower income level when you retire, even though you said you've got a lot of guaranteed income coming in. Um, it may make sense to convert some of that IRA into a Roth IRA. Again, 20... Excuse me, 2018. It's the year of the Roth IRA. Take advantage of it somehow. Um, it may, it, as long as you're not pushing your income way too high, uh, it may make sense to withdraw some and put it into a Roth IRA. It's called a Roth conversion. There's kind of no, they used to have some limits on yeah, that. Yeah, it used I don't, to be $100,000 income above that. You could not do these Roth conversions. They took that limit off. And so this makes it very appealing for those people who are trying to gradually, and you need to talk to your tax preparer on how to do this because you can do it piecemeal. You don't have to
to do the whole thing at once mm-hmm. um, so that you don't bump yourself into a higher tax bracket. And all you're doing is sheltering more of that income. And as you say, what happens, it reduces your regular 401ks and your regular IRAs that are used to then calculate that required minimum distribution when you're 70 and a half. And, and here's the beauty of it this year. I will admit I did not used to be a massive fan of people doing Roth conversions um, kind of in their late 60s, right before they're going to have to retire because I was like, well, they're withdrawing it at their tax rate. And then, you know, in two years, it would be the same tax rate. Like it's a wash. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But this year, it does make sense because of how the tax law was written. The tax law was written to be terrible for people. And so that's why, because the tax rates are going to go back up in a few years. So right now, even at a given income level, you know you're at a lower tax rate than you're going to be in a few more years. So that's why it makes particular makes sense particularly now to do those conversions uh, because you can do those one when you're at a lower tax rate because you're in, because you just retired your income is lower and then two you can do it at a time when you know your tax rate is lower because the brackets themselves are lower. Can you only do the conversion if you have um, taxable income? Uh, no, you can do it anytime. It creates taxable yeah. income. Okay. So uh, okay. whatever amount you take out, let's say you're going to do 10000 and often what we will do is we'll plan for maybe over a five-year stretch. Let's do ten to 20000 a year over five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever amount you do, if it's 10000 that's 10000 of pure income you have to pay tax on. Can you even do it after you're 70? Yes. Yes, you can. Uh, Do do note that the money that you take out for your required distributions, you're not Uh, allowed to you're not allowed to convert that. You have to convert uh, money on top of that. Okay, but before I'm 70, I could take out as much as you whatever amount. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, even though I'm not working, as much as you can stand to pay tax on. Right. I usually just kind of look at where the tax brackets are and 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 try not to cross into a higher tax bracket. I mean, that would be particularly painful. Uh, But otherwise, you know, just kind of max out the rate you're at. Okay, very good. Well, thank y'all. All All right. Absolutely. Thanks for your call, Michael. We have some open phone lines on Money Talks as we talk about IRAs, individual retirement accounts this morning, and also any other personal finance question that you might have for us. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email the show as well. It's money at mpbonline.org. The phone lines are open, so if you have a question, go ahead and give us a call. So I think I've asked this question before. But who is Roth? Oh, he was a senator. Okay. Wasn't he from Texas? I think he was from Texas. I, I um, don't But he was a senator. And Mr. So, Roth. Uh, he, he was an, the author of this bill to create these particular types of IRAs. And so that's why it's called a Roth IRA. And when did, uh, when did, he, when did the legislation come into effect? Oh, my gosh. You're testing me there now. We're going to have to look that one up. I think in the 90s, um, maybe we can get Liz to try that down for us. I can't right. tell you off the top of my head. Okay. But it's fairly new. 
So fortunately, you know, he was the, I, I'm sure he had other senators that might have helped, but I, he obviously lobbied to get his name on the bill. So he, yes. he lives in infamy. So yeah, oh, he's from it. Delaware, according to Liz. So close, close to Texas, though. We <laughs> yeah, they're practically the same thing. You know, everything's slightly bigger in Delaware. Everything's <laughs> pretty minuscule in Delaware. I don't really know the saying there. 1997 was when they were created. Yes. So a relatively okay. recent. Uh, all right. So there are some uh, uh, differences that we've been talking about. There are also uh, the IRA and the Roth IRA are, are alike in some ways. How are they similar? Well, they're similar in that you're not supposed to take money out before you're 59 and a half because it was designed to help us save for retirement. If you take it out before 59 and a half, there could be penalties uh, on the amount for a traditional IRA, the full amount, and for a Roth IRA for the growth on that. They also have the same set of uh exemptions to that penalty. So a couple that are really popular that we use to encourage young people to save is you can take money out for first-time purchase of a house up to $10,000. So if I've got somebody who's 22 years old and they're thinking, I'm not going to retire soon, but I can still get them to put money into a retirement account knowing they can tap this if they need it. And you can also use it for educational expenses. So it's a great way for parents to save for their own retirement, but have that um, cushion to fall back on if they need to for education for children. I think conceptually, you kind of think of the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. These are both personal IRA accounts, so they are not run by your employer. So that separate, it's separate from your work. You're in charge of it, but also that means you're in control. You're in charge. It's it's your job to get the money in there and report it. So um, that that's kind of conceptually what makes them different from say a four hundred one k because. Because even a 401k these days can have a Roth component, which is a, a, a really awesome part. Oh, now you're getting into the weeds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, dial, let's get, dial it back, Ryder. <laughs> let's get one question before our next break, and it goes to Dan from Clinton. Good morning, Dan. Hey, good morning to y'all. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Briefly, uh, my mother passed away a few years ago, and um, and she left some money to, to me in something called a deferred comp. She worked for the state. Mm-hmm. and put this money over in deferred comp. Um, I've not done anything with this, so I don't even know. I know that my brother took his portion and just transferred it over into an IRA. Maybe you can help me figure out the best way to do this without state without a penalty on on me getting this money out of this deferred comp. Okay, first of all, was your mom already taking money out of that deferred comp? No mail. Okay, so she wasn't doing it at all. No mail. Um, you do need to go ahead and convert this to what we call a beneficiary IRA. That would be what it sounds like your brother did. Yeah, that sounds like what he did. And it That's has right. her name on it, but you're listed as the beneficiary. That's now, correct. I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is you're going to be, you know, if she was already taking money out, you would have a different set of rules. But I'm pretty sure you're going to have to take it out over a five-year period from the point of her death. Okay. So it's you, been a few years. So is this something I need to do? If you have not taken any money out of that yet, you need you need to go chat with a tax advisor or an yes, investment absolutely. advisor today and make sure make sure that you're doing this correctly. Because when you don't, there are when you inherit the IRA, there are required distributions you need to take, and the penalty for not taking the required distribution is drum roll, please. What's the tax rate, Nancy? 
It's 50%. It's a 50% penalty for not taking the required distributions. So, um, yeah, there are there are going to be a there you may have you may have two different options available to you. It may be a, f- a five year withdrawal. In which case, you if it hasn't been five years, you can go ahead and just start taking that out pretty quickly, and I think you'll be okay. Um, and the other way, it may be a you may be able to take it out based on your lifetime, and that's essentially they look at how many years you have left to live and divide divide by that. So say you're forty years old right now, you probably have forty years to go, they take the balance and divide by 40, and that's how much you withdraw this year. And, and I would say for anybody out there, if you inherited uh, someone's IRA or 401k, and it was not a spouse, then you need to talk to a tax advisor to try to understand what the rules are on how you have to take that money out. And you plan to do that so you don't have a big tax bill all mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. All right, Dan, we appreciate your call. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we've got uh, some questions to get to and a phone call. Sammy's on the line. Sammy, if you'll hold, we'll get to your question right after this break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff is Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking about IRAs, individual retirement accounts this morning, but also looking for your personal finance questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Sammy held through the break for us, so Sammy, you're on the air. If you would, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Uh, my question is, uh, if I'm on the right path, uh, back in 2014, uh, I ended up on the IRS uh, $10,000, mm-hmm. and I hired a lawyer to do a uh, compromise for me, but it was denied. And uh, this year, I, uh, I amended that year. I was just wondering if I'm on the right path. The uh, lawyer that did this uh, income tax uh, for, this, for this amendment told me I was only going to end up paying $2,000. Well, instead of a lawyer, I really think you need to be talking to a CPA. Uh-huh. And your CPA can go back and look at those returns. Um, and uh, unless this lawyer has tax training, uh-huh. they're probably not the best person to talk to about uh-huh. this situation. Okay. But, yes, you can amend 
past returns and, uh, and have adjustments to that. That is very possible. Um, but you've got to make sure you have all the documentation. Even if uh, they try to compromise one authority? Um, probably. I, I don't yeah. think there's a, a... I don't think that's going to stop you. I, from I don't think that's going to make a difference. Well, thank you very much. You have a safe day. All right. Too. Thanks for the call. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Again, a little forward promotion. Uh, you know, we have the new tax law uh, that was passed by Congress this year uh, on uh, in legal terms, which comes up next at 10 o'clock. Uh, they'll be taking tax law questions. So just a little bit of forward promotion there as we plow through here on Money Talks. So you Talks. actually have somebody who understands it? I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, someone uh, left a, uh, a question for us about opening an, a Roth IRA. Uh, how much? I mean, is it uh, is there a minimum that you should have? Is well, there a- it, it depends on the company. So some companies will let you do it for $100. Some require $1,000. So each company is different as far as what is required to get it opened. And usually there are, you can find companies out there that um, have very small amounts to get you started. Um, yeah, and, and one of the things, a lot of people have probably seen ads for things like the robo-advisors, things like Betterment, things like Stash. Um, and again, my opinion on those, they're fine investment management. They're not necessarily going to be great planning for you. But if that's what it takes to get you started, one of those, then then go for it. And I think even Stash has something like a $5 minimum. Um, but that's the, the minimum is going to depend on the company, but the maximum is 5500 if you're... Um, under 59 50 50. 50, sorry and then um and then you get a thousand dollar catch-ups on top of that if you're over 50 we've had another someone else who left a question uh can you roll over a 401k into a roth ira yes you can Uh, yes but if no it used to be you had to do it uh first roll it to a traditional ira and then convert to a roth we now have the option to roll directly to a roth i was just going to say the caveat being if that's a if that was a deferred 401k you're going to pay income tax on all exactly now like i mentioned when i was getting into the weeds earlier some 401ks do have roth options and if you have roth money in your 401k then please roll that directly into the roth ira and also what we uh, now see on these rollover forms when a person leaves employment they retire Mm -hmm. and they want to roll over their 401k to an ira it usually allows you to choose Mm -hmm. how it goes what type of account and you don't have to push the whole amount to a roth ira which would create a big tax, mm-hmm. you can just do part of it. Oh, and, and one good one thing to point out with the, if you are looking at those forms, if you're rolling some over to a Roth IRA, then you're going to owe some taxes. And it's tempting, it's convenient to have them withhold the taxes. But if you have the, the cash to pay the taxes yourself, then it makes more sense to roll over the amount without having any taxes taken out um, and then just pay the taxes yourself when the time comes. So that way you maximize your savings. So would this be something that you would possibly contribute to monthly? Or, I mean, what's the usual way once you... Sure. On an IRA? Yeah. Sure, However you can. You can, you can yeah. do it one time a year. Um, we have a lot of our clients clients who uh, bring us by an annual check mm-hmm. um, and uh, push into their IRA accounts, or you can set up for a monthly amount, whatever you think you can afford 
for each month, and then you can decide at the end of the year, did I get all the way up to the maximum, which this year is 5500 if you're mm-hmm. under 50 years old. If you're over, it's 6500 And you can decide whether you can find the cash to make the maximum. Yeah, the, the only issue with that, I would say, is if you are either if you're at an income level where you're not quite sure if you're going to be able to 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 max out your contribution say you're making too much or you're covered by an employer plan so you have a different income limit there then i would say a monthly might not make sense cuz you're there's there's a chance that you go over but for most people a monthly deposit is fine um a lot of people that annual deposit makes sense maybe have it accumulate in another account and then move the whole thing over all at once okay back to the phone lines we go our friend roger from florence is on the line good morning roger well, good morning. Thanks for what you're doing, and you've got real clear answers, and that's that's so good. For Thank people you. To have questions, and for your listeners, my question has to do with the deferred comp situation, where <coughs> the, uh, the the deposit, the the amount of the deferred comp, of course, right now is uh, has increased with the market, mm-hmm. but I, but the beneficiary. What should the and the, and the, the deferred comp owner may not be around a long time. So what should a, the beneficiary do, if anything, uh, to plan ahead? Uh, the beneficiary can't do anything right now about it, uh, but the owner might be able to. Mm-hmm. Or is there some planning that ought to be done now because of what was mentioned earlier about how the beneficiary mm-hmm. can uh, handle things in a certain way? And I wasn't familiar with that at all. So well, I... Ahead. I think, um, first of all, you need to make sure the best beneficiary is a person versus an estate or a trust because you get into all kinds of other things. And there are exceptions to that. But the best beneficiary is a person. Yeah, individual beneficiary. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If it's a spouse, then that's easy because then that account, once that person dies, becomes the spouse's IRA, just like it was theirs all along. Whether or not they were designated. Beneficiary? No, you have to be designated as beneficiary. Okay. okay? Right, if yeah. you're not a spouse, then really what you need to do is wait until that person passes. And at that point, then you need to probably roll that over to your own IRA. It will be a beneficiary IRA. You're going to have to look at um, the question of whether you need to take it out over your lifespan, uh, over their lifespan, if they were already taking withdrawals, or if you're going to be subject to this five-year rule. But that's an election you just have to wait. Like, yes. For the most part, yes. Oh, well, there's not much planning involved in that then. Well, th- there's two two things that I would take into consideration when you're doing this planning, because it sounds like you are the owner of a deferred comp account. Uh, deferred comp account. For anybody who has an account that they are, you know, say you have an IRA, but you, you're confident that you're not going to spend it down in your lifetime. You're going to take the required distributions, but you're going to let it grow and somebody else is going to inherit it. Then you might want to consider having... If you, especially if you're working with an advisor, let them know that. Let them know that this is going to be left to a younger child, and that they have different investment goals than you do. So, you know, while you may be a very conservative investor, the combination of 
you and your beneficiary might be a less conservative investor. You might be a little more aggressive. So it would merit, you know, being a little more aggressive in that account. So that's the first consideration is if you really do feel it's going to be left to somebody, then invest it like it's going to be left to somebody. And secondly, um, just like our previous caller, you know, he, he just didn't know what to do with the account. Um, if again, if you know the beneficiary, if you know that they're going to be getting something, talk to them beforehand. Um, you don't necessarily have to say how much they're going to get because heavens knows you, you don't know how much it's going to be. You don't know when you're going and you don't know what the market's going to do. And if you do know what the market's going to do, you can call me on our, my personal line. Um, <laughs> But, but but tell them, you know, hey, you know, this is what I have. Be clear about what you have. Say, you know, I have a deferred comp account and, you know, I have a deferred comp account and I have this bank account and I have some property over here. And, and just they don't need to know all the details, but just tell them these are the things you're going to have to handle. And so be prepared for that when it happens. You know, there's not a ton of preparation they need to do. Um, and it's always something that... But it, it's always something that they can figure out when they get there. But if they have a good advisor in place, then they'll be able to um, hold their hand through that process. All right, Roger, we appreciate your call. Let's take one final break this hour. When we get back, we're going to wrap up Money Talks. We've been talking this hour about IRAs, individual retirement accounts. There's still time for you to ask a question with your phone call. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 Back after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We have been talking this hour about IRAs, individual retirement accounts. Uh, it's still time to work in a phone call before the end of the show at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Sue has called in this morning from Jackson. Good morning, Sue. Go ahead. Good morning. How are you? Good. My question is, I retired in 17, mm-hmm. and some of my funds went into an IRA, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know um, if I need to report those funds when I file taxes for this year. Um, so are you saying you had you had like a 401k with your employee and you rolled it over to an IRA? Well, it was my retirement money, yes. Right. So that's not a taxable event when you're 
retire employer retirement money goes into a personal IRA. It's not a taxable event. So you, sh- you make it a form, yeah, showing that that money went out. But as long as you can verify that it went straight into an IRA account in your name, yeah. there's no tax to pay. Yeah, the, because the the spot on the 1040 where you report money taken out of an IRA, I mean, it specifically says not for rollovers or that met, that may be in the instructions. So, so that's a non taxable event. You're good to go. Uh, yes, I, I didn't take any. I just wrote it from my retirement fund yep. until an hour eight. Yeah, so if you, if you will get a form about it, like she said, maybe a 1099-R, but they may, there's another one that comes out after April uh, that you may get. Just make sure you keep that for your records because your 1099-R should make it clear that that was a rollover. Um, okay. And if it doesn't make it clear that it's a rollover, and the way that it does that, if you have a CPA, ask them, but the way that it does that, it'll have a code in the box where where it shows the withdrawal, and that code needs to match up with rollover. But um, to avoid getting in the weeds, um, just save any records you have of, you know, oh, it went f- out of my employer plan into this IRA. You know, just make sure you have that record. Keep that for a couple years just in case any questions come up. And you need to be careful when you are filling out your employer paperwork on those 401ks if you're trying to roll it over. Um, if your intention is for that money to go straight from the retirement account with your employer to your own personal retirement account, you first need to set up your own IRA yeah, that's, at that's an true. institution. So you have an account number yep. and you have a place where you tell them this is where the money is going to go. Yeah. That money should not come out directly to you. If no, they, it did. It went from my employer to the place where I... Perfect. Yeah, you did it. You did it all correctly. That's a direct rollover, trustee to trustee transfer. You're fine. You're, you're good to go there. There's, there's no issue. I just was wanting to know if I needed to report that to no. uh, the there's, there's no reporting there. All right. Oh, thank but, you so very much. All have right. Thanks day. for your call, Sue. And, and that's a great point. People often ask, you know, they have this big 401k and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to pay taxes on that when I retire. And they're kind of dreading that. And it's like, there's just no reason for you to just go around paying taxes on that. You can keep that. You can keep that in a tax deferred account for as long as you want or until 70 and a half when you have to start withdrawing it slowly. But I think Nancy made a good point. Set your account up first because, as she said, and I think we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, you don't want the money coming to you and then into the account. Yeah. You want it to go from one retirement account to the other. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, our final call this hour goes to Jennifer, who's called in from Clarksdale. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. I don't have a question. I just have a brief comment. I know y'all are fixed to the end here. Um, have you guys talked about expense ratios today? We haven't. Um, and oh, that was the last thing on our yeah, list. Yeah, Kevin was going to get to it. We are very <laughs> focused on keeping fees low. I think Ryder did yeah. mention that earlier in the program. And the expense ratio is the percentage that is charged by the investment fund. If you have a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund, and that comes off the top every year. And, of course, yep. the bigger that fee is, the the less your return is. Right. And we know from mm-hmm. research that that is the main variable that determines your return on yep. any security that you have. And um, so that's why we love Vanguard funds, because their expense ratios are so low. You can, I was just going to say that. I didn't know if I could say that out loud, but that was one of the reasons. <laughs> we do oh, all the time. You get to we say, do all the time. You get to say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, as long yeah, as it's public radio research, I definitely, that was one thing I looked at. And Vanguard has been awesome. Um, I'm a relatively young investor, and it's made a big difference over the last 
you know, 10, 15 years. That's what um, I like to hear. I would say to you, there's an old book. It's called Bogle on Mutual Funds. You probably find it floating around somewhere, maybe in your library. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Bogle uh, was uh, founder of the Vanguard Group, father of the Index Mutual Fund. And so what that okay. book talks about is kind of some ranges of expense ratios because, mm-hmm. you know, bond funds should have lower expense ratios than stock funds. Um, international stock funds probably have higher expense ratios than U.S. Okay. stock funds. So it gives you some ranges and a way to compare. And then you can go online and look at how that fund compares with similar funds. That's what you're looking for. Okay, great. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Jennifer. So is that awesome. Bogle with a B-O-G-L-E? B-O-G-L-E. Okay, Bogle. Put another O in there and you can play a word game with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Someone said, I'm a young investor. I like Vanguard. I have been saving. It just hit all the keywords for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Okay, a couple minutes left. We talked about uh, if you're uh, opening an IRA, talking about uh, you need to find out about the fees. Maybe quickly, what are a couple other things to consider when you first open that account? Um, well, like we discussed, the difference between a, a, a discount brokerage, which kind of has access to any sort of investment, you know, stocks, bonds, exchange-traded funds, mutual funds of any brand, you know, something like Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade is going to give you that wide, wide range of choice. Anything that you can invest in, they've got. Um, but if you go with a fund company specifically like Vanguard, like we just discussed, they're going to have a much more limited range. They're often just going to be limited to, to their funds, and they may have, I believe Vanguard does now in their brokerage accounts allow you to trade a lot of other things. Uh, the Except fee, Fidelity. The fee is a lot rivalry higher. rivalry there between them. Yeah, yeah. The fee is a lot higher if you want to trade um, kind of their not another brand, uh, so to speak, of fund. So so that's an important thing. But that's really, you know, someone who's really into investing and wants to be very involved might like that wide range of options, whereas someone who's just getting started and doesn't really want to deal with it, you know what? Maybe you just want to pop into one shop and have them point point to the shelf that you need. So that's what makes sense. Um, but fees as well, like we discussed. And again, with a lot of things we talk about, you know, shop around um, and uh, make sure you understand what you're getting into. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of variety out there, so uh, do your homework. Well, and when we're talking about IRAs, it's very important for you to have a conversation with whoever is helping you with your taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're doing your own taxes, you need to do some research on IRAs. That tax preparer, that CPA, will be able to tell you whether you can qualify for a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA array, what the advantages are, and the amounts that you can contribute. So that's the person you really need to be talking to about how much and can I do this? And then you can work with an investment professional to choose the securities that you invest that fund in. All right. Very good. As we mentioned earlier in the show, coming up next is In Legal Terms, and today they are talking about tax law questions. So if you have something along those lines, you can stay tuned for the next hour, and you can get an answer there. And also remember, money at mpbonline.org for your questions, but also during the week, if you think about something that you'd like to hear us talk about on the program, uh, send an email and give us a suggestion. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell. Up next at 10 is In Legal Terms, and we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks that's heard only on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.